Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're going to start the show. Bruins fans, welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Allred. This is episode 236, and we're recording on July 18th, 2021. This episode and show is sponsored by betonline.ag. Please go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50 for a sweet-ass sign-up bonus. We have a lot to talk about today. Absolutely crazy times in the offseason for Boston Bruins Nation, but we're here to talk about it. We have a lot of interesting topics that we scratched away at. We do every week as we try to eliminate some time and uh, speed up the process of uh, the upcoming regular season campaign. So uh, without further ado, my co-host Heather Ingus and Heather, what is happening, my friend? Hello. I'm just, I don't know. There's a lot to talk about, so we can get talking about it, I guess, you know? Crazy season is fully on in uh, in it's, Bruins Nation. As I mentioned, Twitter for the is, next 10 is days. Yeah, it's it's just gonna be crazy. So and we're here for it. You know, it's it's a lot of fun, a lot of speculation, and uh we're definitely gonna dive into a lot of great topics that you and I worked on the agenda most most of the week. So, but uh, before we do that, I do want to talk about show sponsor betonline.ag. Betonline.ag has the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing, and you can track all the action at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA basketball, PGA golf, and all your UFC and MMA action. Real-time updated props and almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Before the next baseball pitch or the next 50-foot golf putt for an eagle is nailed, head over to BetOnline.ag on your laptop or a mobile device and take advantage of the 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, folks. Get in all the action at BetOnline.ag. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a sweet 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 
promo code CLNS50, betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. All right, Heather, let's get right at it. We love Bet Online. What a great way to start. Um, people mm-hmm. love, love the website, love betting. I'm great still not sponsors. very good at it, but they are good sponsors, and I enjoy giving them my money every week. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> like a team, you know, it's a partnership. You know, you they wash my it. hand, I'll wash yours. So just no uh, baseball. Don't bet on baseball, please. No, just, okay, all right, all right. I'm not really good at all this stuff, do. but listen, is that technically laundering money? What we're doing with BetOnline.ag? <laughs> No, I don't think so. I'm just kidding. I'm trying to be fun. Captain fun during the offseason. But uh, definitely go to Bet Online AG. There's lots of sports. Also, upcoming, you know, uh, hockey will be coming back up. You can start getting in on there. I'm sure they have so many prop bets and stuff. You can also get on if you're like Mark and maybe you don't really follow other leagues and stuff that well, but want to just take a chance to who's going to score the first goal at the Major League Soccer game or whatever you will, you know, just get it done. and also, you know, football and stuff's coming up. The cycle, there's always sports. America is a sports obsessed. Uh, that being said, everyone go sign the petition to get sports betting legalized in Massachusetts. Yeah, and yeah, um, the uh, Puck Lines podcast host, Andrew Taverna, has something out here. You can follow him on Twitter, at Andrew Taverna. Uh, he's got a, a petition going out about getting Massachusetts to wake the fuck up, man. Like you're missing out on millions of dollars and a lot of fun for your for the residents that are within its borders. Well, um, I was gonna say know. because I don't I don't bet on gambling, so I can say this. But if I was gonna bet on gambling, like I live right next to the New Hampshire border, it wouldn't right. take much for me to take a twenty minute drive. So my phone would say I'm in New Hampshire. But, I don't do that, but a lot of people do because it's stupid. They can't keep their money in state. But for me, it sucks because. You literally have to drive a mile to New Hampshire and then sit there. I don't want to do if I want to do like a, um, a daily bet. It's not a, it's not a bad little trip to just go across the border, sit in somebody's parking lot, creep the creep their neighbors out and themselves out, and then pl- place your bets and then pull out and freaking drive away. You know, I, I would much rather stay there. But it's those freaking in game props that you're missing out on. You know, like is this guy going to make this freaking thirty six inch uh, thirty six foot putt for an eagle? And I'm like, oh, hell no, not at the freaking open, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's stuff like that that I'm missing out on. So please, Massachusetts, get back on board. And what we should do is get back on board with the Boston Bruins hockey talk because we do have a lot to talk about. No Russian, Heather. I'm not Russian. No, Heather. We're just trying to get to the hockey talk. OK, like, I was just going to finish it up, the mouth here. I still hold this ridiculous estate with like 85 ways to gamble in state won't legalize sports betting. It just seems stupid. go figure. Okay? Go figure. Right, and, it's, and it's not it's, it's not like. Massachusetts doesn't pass up on millions and millions of dollars every freaking year anyway. So whatever. (laughs) Well, we are going to stay focused because we do have a lot to talk about. Uh, And you know us, it will probably get off the crazy train a little bit as the show goes (laughs) because there is so much. But uh, that's what we do, folks. I believe it was Wednesday, but uh, Kevin Miller, defenseman of the Boston Bruins, uh, a guy who has been a trooper for the last few years trying to live his life announced on Instagram on, I believe Wednesday morning that he was going to retire uh, with one of those, you know, kind of generalized Instagrams. They all do, you know, to put out their words. So it's in their own words. Uh, But he played 352 games with the bees with 71 points, 13 goals, 58 assists. Uh, And he was here. He, I think like seven years, right. He played up, but he also played in Providence for 154 games 50, 45 points, and he had 217 penalty minutes because, as we know, Kevin Miller is that kind of big 
stand-up defenseman that will beat your ass as necessary. So anyways, I'm not, I've never been shy. I'm not like, I love Kevin Miller, but he is a warrior and he has been a part. And once you're a Bruin, you're always a Bruin. So whether you're my favorite or not, you're in the club, buddy. So I'm glad you're going to be able to be with your family and maybe get healthy. I'm sure he'll resurface as a coach somewhere in a few years after he's assessed it all, but he's 33 years old and he's moving on to the next stage of his life and hanging up the skates. So thoughts on Kevin Miller? Um, former, uh, Vermont catamount NCAA player signed right out of college. I think he played four full years up there, went right to Providence on an, on an HL deal and, and worked hard to get, uh, to the NHL. So, uh, kudos to him on that. I wasn't a huge Miller fan. I do get his presence and so on. And he does, he does have a decent penalty killing game and he's got some quickness when he, you know, before the knee injuries, obviously. Um, so, I mean, he, a decent player, just something I n- nobody I would absolutely rave about. But congratulations on the opportunity that you had in the league and and the experience going through from college to the minor pros and you know and being a value to the organization. You know, um, and congratulations on on upcoming things. I'm sure that this will definitely uh, put an increase on the Marsh and Milko sales to help out the family and so on. So, I mean. I, I think it's hard for Kevin because of the determination that he had to get mm-hmm. back into the game and try to, you know, be a, a solid member of the Bruins defense, um, whether on the ice or on that bench or in the locker room, whatever. But, you know, it's just it, times like this, they happen. But yeah, best of luck mm-hmm. to him. And, and um, you know, I never shat on him because he was a terrible player. I just mm-hmm. I just thought there were better options out there. So. Um, I was going to say that definitely he'll resurface because one, he's a good personality. So we might even see him on broadcasting at some point or something like that. You know, if he chooses to do things, if not, he might just be a businessman, like you said, run the business, but definitely beloved by teammates and uh, you know, do you Kevin Miller? I'm sure you'll be with your determination. Awesome at whatever it is your next Avenue is. I will say that they've, I would not doubt if there is a position in the Bruins organization upcoming for somebody like this. I have seen Chris Kelly uh, in the locker rooms. Uh, no, no, sorry, in the um, in the press boxes uh, or in the private suites at the um, at the Dunkin' Donuts Center, along with Adam McQuaid. So it seems like the Bruins are really trying to bring some of these older members back and play some kind of you know business role, whether it be in player development or whatever. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if that's an option too, or I won't see him in Providence anytime soon. So. Well, I think it's interesting, too, with players like McQuaid or Miller or whoever, as I always call them the same play. You know, they're well, what the they're going to do is they're going to they're gonna teach that toughness, Heather, that everybody's well, just like, you've got to have that. this. What's interesting with them is they are those players that were really the transition players who the game started this way. And by the time they got to this side, it had really changed. So their strength is going to be like, how do you have that toughness, but with the speed factor, even though they weren't necessarily get the puck moving quick defensemen necessarily, uh, not that they couldn't move a puck, but you know what I mean? So that'll be interesting, I think. And that might help. Cause like you said, everything swings. It's like, we were over here and like, you basically like had to be a huge body that just would beat the hell out of somebody. You know, I mean, not that there aren't defensemen that are more skilled than that, but like really as a defenseman, your job is to not let the puck go in your own net, try to block shots, do whatever, really more sacrifice your own body. But now that's not what you do as a defenseman. So that'll be good. I think to help as it circles back to you, maybe some of these small kids, can still be tough and play big. We talk about this all the time. There are plenty of small players that play huge. Yep. So 
uh, that'll be good, I think. And I, I like I like Adam McQuaid. I can't, you know, and even Kevin Miller again, not my cup of tea necessarily, but I do think that right. he has a smart defensive brain. He's a good locker room presence. So coaching, definitely, I think I can see him in a coaching role, whether it be with the Bruins or somewhere else, someone trying to find like that veteran kind of gone through the motions from here to there. Absolutely. Yes. You can always see a good development role from players, former players that have been through the, the rigors of of uh, climbing each level of hockey. So it makes sense. All right. Well, good luck, Kevin Miller. Good luck. But yes. <laughs> on the flip side, this Brandon Carlo six year extension got hashtag Sweeneyus. I can't oh even say that Sweeneyus or whatever Thank you want to call it. Thank you, Brandon. At the Thank Don you, Sweeney on Twitter. We'll be freaking proud that I said that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon Carlo, getting paid. Thank you, Don Sweeney and the Bruins for not giving me a stroke because I really, really love Brandon Carlo. And yes, I understand the concern with the concussions, but again, there's a reason there are doctors involved and that stuff doesn't play the way it did 20 years ago with head injuries and stuff like that. So yay, Brandon Collins it's broken down. It averages out to one, uh, 4.1 a year, but is broken up kind of in progress or regression or whatever. So, which yeah, is the good. AAV would be at 4.1, but his, his dollar value is, is heavily, is, is it heavily garnered? To I think the, it's heavily first and then, yeah. And then goes. lower at the end. So, but his, yeah. his AAV is, is, is such a cap friendly freaking deal. And, and yeah. John Sweeney strikes again. Which is perfect, too, because then he'll be around 31, 30, 31 when it's all said and done because he's 25. He just turned 25, I think, this year. And that's and obviously, perfect. Yeah, and obviously really, if he's yeah. still at a, an elite level playing, you know, well, not elite, but, you know, if he's still got sustainability in the league and he could still be a, a, a decent defenseman, I'm sure he'll get another contract from the Bruins, but who knows. But this is just this is just an unbelievable deal, a very friendly Works well with the um, the flat cap that's presumably going to be from three to five years, um, but also works that you know. I mean, Brandon, Brandon's not dumb. He looks at this organization and just says, you know, if I want to win, I have to work with it as as a dollar value too. Not only what I do in production on the ice. So, um, I think this is a deal that he sees that they need to have that cap space to go out and get somebody on the free agent market or, or, or have something that's going to come back in the trade value and, uh, you know, have money to, to facilitate that movement. So I love it. I'm, I, you know, I, it sucks. I know people see that he gets hurt a lot and so on, but I really want to gravitate to not calling, you know, a player a pussy and and soft and so on, because um, this unfortunate thing that happens in a very fast sport, um, it happens a lot to a lot of players, and and it, it is what it is. We we, you know, we, we got brains. We, it's a very sensitive area. You know what I'm saying? But that shouldn't judge a person's um, availability on the ice and so on. Don't get this guy because he's he's soft and this and that. The narrative is is just terrible. Sorry. First of all, none of them are soft. They're professional fucking hockey players at the most elite level in the world. I'd like to just point that out. Right. Second of all, Brandon <laughs> Carlo. We've talked about this for a long time. Even before McAvoy got drafted, right? Carlo was the young stud you were starting to pin the new defense on. Yeah, I mean, and straight out of the WHL. Try and I know not always the most popular opinion, but I believe that the triangle is completed with Matt Grizzlick because he's another guy that is effective 
in your system, on your team that you've developed. It's not about them being a hometown boy. It's about being developed in the system. And those three are your cornerstones. So I think, like you said, Brandon Carlo does have a brain. So he also knows in order to get them a fourth defenseman with some experience to help shore up the back end, he's, what is he really going to get on the open market? Up to six? You know what I mean? He's probably not getting more than that. But now he, at least for six years, has locked down. He's getting married. He has a place to live. He knows he can stay here for a while. He likes his teammates. Those are the young studs. And if you look, I don't know if it's statistic or not. This is just an Inga's own head. I just have to preface that. Oh, here it but comes. as Brandon Carlo goes, that defense goes. I understand like Charlie McAvoy's the stud. I understand Matt Grizzlick's the guy who's kind of the wonder kid trying to help, you know, fix it wherever it needs to be. And they looked really good. They had a bad game that last game in the playoffs, but overall Grizzlick and McAvoy were stud on that back end. They were the yeah. only thing that was really happening. That's not to shy away from anyone else, but well, I'll tell you, that fucking series, that series shifted freaking Heather. Yeah. That series shifted when, when Carlo was out. He's just the most consistent thing you've even with injury. And he does recover pretty quickly. He is your most consistent man on that back end. He is your second pairing defenseman, always and forever kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think he should be top line. You know what? I mean, obviously he can't do up like that, but they notoriously, we don't have enough defensemen. So people have to play opposite sides, which they've never tried with him. He's just been in that slot him and, once him and Krug locked in, that was his role, and he does it well. He is skilled enough. He's made more for the fast defense. He doesn't get caught up a lot necessarily. He's worked on the blue line game, and he's just going to continue to get better because he's coming into his prime shit as a defenseman. So I am so goddamn happy. I can't express it enough. I'm sorry about using yeah. bad words to those of you who are religious on the Lord's Day. But yay. Hallelujah. Brandon Carlo, six exactly. years. Where are we going now? We're going we to. Are going to now that we got Brandon Carlo. Oh. So the Bruins are doing an initiative, which is like learn to, uh, along with like you know summer learning literacy. They are doing eight nights at local uh, libraries. Blades will be out to entertain the kids. There'll be, you know, event, like little event things going on. Uh, they're going to be in Springfield, South Hadley, Lynn, North Reading, Tuxbury, Norwell, Weymouth, and New Bedford. So if you are around those areas and would like to get on that action, visit NHL, uh, the Bruins, like, .com page to get more information for nights and times and stuff. But I think it's awesome. The Bruins are always really big into promoting like the summer reading and stuff like that. They always sponsor that stuff. And it's great. These little events. Uh, and who doesn't love blades? I'm a grown up. I like to see blades like, dude, there's blades hanging out. <laughs> I think so. my friend, I think my friend's getting blades for her wedding. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I, and I get invited too, which I'm super stoked about it. And I guess it's going to be a little bit of Bruins. Um, uh, I don't even know what the word is there. Um, don't be a spaz, okay? Promise me. Why? Be, don't be a spaz because it's your friend's wedding. That's why. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, uh, yeah, it's going to be like around Bruins and around something else. So Nice. Cool. But the, anyways, the, I think that's important. Once again, the Bruins showing their support in the communities for the kids, bringing the action out there, uh, which is not, you know, everything doesn't have to be about hockey. It's important. These kids will be the smarties that will be at the BU's and the Harvard's being drafted no. in another 20 years. <laughs> yeah. And shout out to the Bruins for doing this on their summer downtime and so on. You know, mm -hmm. this is a, 
uh, I just the, the support that this team gives to the community is just amazing, and it gets better every year. So definitely, if you have a young one that wants to meet a Bruin and have a book read to you, do it. Yeah, it's like a um, it shows the broad range of projects that they get involved with. I think sure. Oh, way. absolutely. All right. So, um, it has been rumored by Alan Walsh, you know, everyone's favorite agent, <laughs> that Yaroslav and the Bruins are pa- parting ways. I don't think this is a shock to anyone. I, I mean, we've already talked about this, Yaro's age, and given, obviously, the boys coming up behind him, I, I'm... I don't, I'm not in the room. I don't know how disgruntled this decision is or not. I also know Yaro's a veteran and he has also been around long enough to see the writing on the wall as well. So I wouldn't, I'm not surprised if maybe this is just pro- proactive, get his name out there so that maybe during free agents, I mean, he is a viable goaltender for someone who needs a veteran backup, you know? Yeah. Tried to help pull us through the last two seasons. But anyways, thank you for your service, Yaroslav Halaki, the way, because I like you and I respect you and you've run the gamut over your career. And thank you for trying to help us not fall off a cliff the last two years during the pandemic and the Tuka going home times and everything else. True. Um, A uh, shared winner with Tuka Rask in 2019-20 for the William Jennings Award, which is uh, goes to the best team with the goals against average and, and, this tandem of Raskin and, and Halak have been some of the one of the league's top uh, for uh, a couple of years since Halak came to the organization. I believe it's three straight years you can uh, make an argument for how good they were in the top three, top five, whatever. But still, it's 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 pretty damn good. And you know he's he's a good soldier and so on. But I don't know. I, um, he, if he's it seems like Alan Walsh uh, wants to continue to uh, to move forward and look to see what he can get in free agency uh, to keep the dream alive, which is good. No, I mean every professional athlete wants to go as long as they can, and good on him if he if he does. But to me, I kind of look at the you know a different angle. I I thought that he acted a little unprofessional, if you wanted to say that. And I'm not in the room, and I'm not doing this and that. But his actions on the ice just telling me that. Um, maybe they were just tired of just how he reacts to bad situations and so on. And I think he really took it bad when, when a rookie Jeremy Swayman basically took his job for the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I think right at that time, I think the writing was on the wall with the whole playoff thing and and his future in Boston. So, uh, you know, kudos to that guy. Yes. He had an unbelievable career. I remember when he played for St. Louis, Washington Mm -hmm. and um, Montreal, you know, it's just, you know, and and he was, and believe it or not, Mont, um, Heather. If you uh, you just think were gonna about call it, me Montreal. Yeah, I, I sorry. You know me and my fucking words. I can't speak for that <laughs> time. But um, back in the day when he was with Montreal, Halak was heavily considered to be the guy, and they were gonna let the uh, Carey Price get moved. So it's kind of weird how the organization uh, stepped back on that one and and moved the Halak and kept the Price. So. Yeah. Um, he's a good goaltender, you know, he's, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to be a hall of famer or anything like that, but he's just been a real hard worker. And, and, you know, if it doesn't continue in North America with another NHL team, he could definitely go to, uh, back home in the Czech Republic and, um, you know, find some work there. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for your service, Yarrow. We'll be seeing you, I guess, somewhere, maybe. 
If not, he'll go. Um, <laughs> all right. So David Backus was on dropping the, well, there was an interview, I should say, with dropping the gloves. This week, awesome podcast. If you don't listen to it, shout out uh, to Tim and John. Uh, but anyways, David Backus, it was an interview about his career being David Backus. And he had some comments about his time in the, Bruin, in the Bruins, which you took as, like, I didn't take it when I listened to it the same way you did. So I'm going to let you lead in with your thoughts and then I'll respond because you you did kind of start a, hey, man, listen to what he's saying. So I'll let you know. Yeah, um, he used words. Um, all right, so here's the thing, okay? The interview was basically talking about his entrance into the Boston Bruins organization, okay? So, and they, and if I'm not mistaken, they were just coming off two years out of the playoffs, and who knows what was going on. There must have been a lot of turmoil in this place because upon his arrival, David Backus, um, he mentioned – that the organization was like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Dis, uh, you said disorganized. Disorganized and sloppy. And, sloppy. and uh, I was like, wow, that's that's weird. Because uh, in a world when we had Zdeno Chara, who set the precedence of, of freaking making an organization tight, room tight, we're all family here, tight, you know. I was shocked to hear something like that. And that, but what I wasn't shocked about was the way that David spoke about how he helped create a little bit more of a culture in the, mm-hmm. you know, organization and so on. And obviously there were changes that were happening as well with freaking uh, Claude Julian, you know, getting the the boot and, um, and uh, Bruce Cassidy coming in as the interim. So, you know, I, I get it that, but it just uh, kind of those two words kind of got me a little going a little bit just um, with like, wow, that's uh, kind of weird because it's just something you wouldn't expect. But I guess shit like that happens in families all the time. And that is a, a family in that organization. So at those particular times, players might be, you know, stressing out the, hey, we need to make these kind of moves if we're going to be winners because we're not all going to be here sooner or later. Kind of vibe gets get gets me thinking just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm paraphrasing myself, so it's just, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, I listened to it, and I think that you kind of heard those words, and it kind of triggered you into a rabbit hole of thinking. Because in the context of the whole interview, right, it is talking about being draft St. Louis, how it all happened in St. Louis. He became a Bruin. Um but in the context of what he was talking about, I think he, when I was listening to it, I think he was talking more about the leadership was a little disorganized. And he went on to explain that about, you know, you got to kind of have the people who are going to make sure we're having off-ice activities and this and that. And he did say that Zidane Chara pulled him aside and said, hey, man, I respect you. You know, if there's anything you see, please feel free to bring it up. And he said right. he was always, well, you know. So I think, though, in the context just of where we were at as a team, and Bruin, I was thinking the same thing you just were. Well, we were a little disorganized. We could barely make the fucking playoffs, dude. Claude Julian can yell and scream all he wants, but the players, whether he lost the room or the, or the Bruins had right. lost their fight or whatever was going on, that was the year Cassidy showed up during the Patriots parade as the new head coach because nobody wanted to talk about it. Like, hey, let's just release this at 11 o'clock during the championship parade. Oh, that that's sounds, so Bruins. That's yeah, so it, Bruins. It, it is. So... I think in the overall context, I don't think in any way he was definitely slighting the organization. Most things he said about the organization were great, but I think what right. he was meaning is like 
leadership. And we know at that time that we were kind of lost, right, as a team. Like, And yeah, that playoffs, we went on and we that was the year people would debate. But I don't care what anybody says, whether Claude was on the bench or Cassidy was on the bench. We were what we were as a team. We were going to make the first round probably. And that's what we did. We made the first round, had an exciting series, right, with Toronto or whatever. And then we were out because we had no business even being there because we played like shit most of the season. But anyways, David Backus, I respect him. But I also don't want people to think like David Backus was like, he definitely is a, he's like one of the most respectful humans I've ever heard talk and give interview, like say bad words. But I feel like maybe he was addressing more like the leadership itself, not as a slight towards Z in the room, but just we had lost our way as a team, right? It was right. a little panicky. It was five years after we had won the cup and we hadn't won the cup again. And yeah. we kind of dropped off a cliff after we lost to Chicago in the finals in 2013 a little bit. Well, to be to be honest, I, I was at work when I got the message. Tim actually DM'd me and said, hey, listen to this. And and he sent it, he wrote some words down. And that's when I that's when I was like flipped it over to you, um, yeah. you know, forwarded it to you and said, we got to get on this. And, um, you know, but obviously, I mean, David was a good, good soldier here. And he was put into a position that he just had to get accustomed to as an aging veteran, you know. And uh, you know the way it ended, it's you know it, it sucks, but just like Kevin Miller's sickness and injury, like yeah. it sucks to see someone go down. Like I'm so sad he didn't get his thousand games. Uh, David Backus well, just I'm, worked out. I'm sad that it was more or less brought in here as a leadership role. I mean, he did play a you know a good game and everything like that, but more or less it was just a leadership role and. That's a little bit of expensive cap relief. I mean, that you could use, you know, mm-hmm. for a good player, but whatever. I know the contract think- was bad. I mean, I will I will admit something. When the news came out that he got a one year deal, I wasn't like, Oh, that's not so bad. Yeah. You know, at his age, go one by one by one. And then forty five minutes later he's comes back and it's like, No, it's a six year deal. I was like <laughs> I'm like I think we're leery of those kind of deals anyways. Right. Like if someone isn't 22, I don't want to, you know what I mean? Or like yeah. Brandon Kyle is going into like his sweet spot for five years as a defenseman. But yeah, like anybody who's 30, I don't want them to get six years of much. That's just my thing. But anyways, it's a good interview. Follow dropping the gloves. Uh, David Backus is an awesome professional. So it was interesting to listen to him and about yeah, his those Next guys thing. have some unbelievable interviews, by the way, too. Follow on uh, and and subscribe to their program on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I, I think they're pretty much on all worldwide listening platforms. That being said, I'm not Tim, the editor, so I don't know what else might have been said in that <laughs> room. <laughs> he, I think he even said something like, I don't want to say like disorganized or something like that. Yeah, like, sloppy, yeah. But he couldn't like find find the word too, like he was trying to say because i think he was also trying not to sound like he's just a very humble dude but anyways thanks david backus again and good luck in the seattle expansion draft um happy birthday to mike riley and (laughs) bruins alumni that was random (laughs) i just i didn't get to like soak in all of the protection list but i did see that him and dan heinen are on the seattle expansion (laughs) possibilities off of the ducks uh so which I think is funny um, because obviously uh, he retired, so he can't actually be drafted by Seattle. That's, that's the whole thing. Okay. Uh, anyways, happy birthday, Mike Riley. And we don't know if you'll be a Bruin again, but thank you for your service for the eight weeks you were here or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I like Riley. He was better than whatever the hell was happening on the back end at the time, uh, or at least not worse what, than what was happening. And uh, obviously Jay Miller 
one of our favorites. So happy birthday, boys. Yeah, absolutely. Happy birthday, Mike Riley. Um, and word is out of Detroit that the Red Wings are uh, possibly going to pursue him very heavily. Um, and um, speaking of Detroit, real quick, I want to talk about your boy, Tori Krug. Did you know? Did you know that um, the Red Wings uh, wanted to get him and come back to Michigan, but they looked at the window of his age and when the Red Wings were going to be good, and they passed. Really? So, the yeah, Red there Wings was are... there, there was an effort to get him there, but the 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 winning window or the or the um, the exceptional lineup. Um, you know, masterminding wasn't going to happen until later on. So that, I mean, they're already talking that the wings are going to be terrible for like three more years. And then I was going to say, they'll be good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was thinking that really Detroit, because I haven't seen you winning and like, right. you, you haven't even won one season's full of games in the last two years, my friends, COVID be damned or not. You like, right. like, um, also, Say I did see St. Louis protected Tory Krug though. Whatever the yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. of course you do in that investment, but I mean, really, you didn't want to spend the money on Tory Krug to me- maybe not mess up your winning formula that you're still gonna suck. His contract would have been over long before you yeah. ever were good. Then again, who knows? Things are changing in Detroit. Maybe the trajectory will change too. I doubt it, but yeah, I'm, also, not, I'm not surprised. He's a native also, son. Also, um, happy birthday to Jay Miller, one uh, a player that I grew up on. You can see the gray hairs of the YouTube members. <laughs> so I do know Jay Miller, uh, you know, playing alongside Knuckles Nylon and um, and number 34, Lyndon Byers, man. I mean, oh, they, when 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 teams came into the Boston Garden, it was a smaller rink anyway. If, if mm-hmm. any of our newer listeners don't remember uh, or younger listeners don't remember, the Garden Ice was not – always 200 by 85 it was like 190 by freaking 85 so that any everything was coming at you a lot more faster than than anything like that um than what most have seen now with the with the uh you know the the uh regulation ice all around the league but i think it was buffalo the old odd remember the old odd mm-hmm. it was 190 by 85 and the boston garden was it's funny to think size. it wasn't that long ago that I- all the rinks didn't have the same standards, you know, know. or they got, or or they got away with not having what was said to be the regulation size. Right. Right. Because they had them crammed in all the old buildings. You know, know, Gary Bettman's going to be like, are we really clamoring about 10 feet? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, was that that good or was that that bad? That was pretty good. Okay. He's like, I don't know what everyone's whining about. We put 15,000 people in there. (laughs) He's always, we didn't lose he's, always, he's the lawyer that's always like the money. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. We're worried about 10 feet. Yeah. So, anyways, happy birthday to you guys. Uh, and we're gonna move on because really you already had your birthday. What else can we do? We can't have drinks with you or anything like that. So uh Connor Garland is back on the Bruins radar. Uh there's lots be. of rumors once again. About the Coyotes, uh, the Bruins being in on perhaps retrieving a Connor Garland. I was wondering if maybe something might not happen that would result in also maybe um, Darcy coming too because we need a goaltender. Mm. Um, That's just what was in my own head. I'm not saying we necessarily have to do that. But Connor Garland, given what we saw this year, to me has now circled back to being 
a potential viable thing to really look at as a uh, more low-level contract, uh, but effective, what we need to maybe help out in some areas. Uh, so what say you about, and not just because his grandmother looked at, you know, the Prudential Center one yeah. time when they were in Boston. Um, no, it's an intriguing idea. I mean, we do need offense, but particularly we need it five on five. And if you're going to get better at five on five goals, it's not hard to figure out that you go out and get five on uh, better five on five performances. And Connor Garland, he's 25 years old. He had 39 points, 12 goals and 27 assists in 49 games last season, scored 27 of those points during five on five play per natural stat trick. The Bruins need more five on five scoring after ranking 17th in the NHL. And that's a pretty staggering number when you have the goal scoring touch that we do, particularly with um, Pasternak, Marchand, and Bergeron. Now, hopefully, you get Taylor Hall back in the mix and David Krejci. You know, we 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 get on board with more um, point producing members. This is a guy you want to look at. He's young. He's a project. He only made seven hundred seventy five thousand dollars with the Coyotes. Mm-hmm. Um. He's oh, he's due for a raise after playing on a bargain contract of $75,000. $775,000. Sorry, folks. So, okay, but I still don't feel like he – I mean, he's only played three seasons. He's probably not going to get astronomical next for his next right. contract. You know what I mean? His money contract will be the contract after this. So Yeah, I would I think mean, so. If you could get him on a – even like a Craig Smith type thing because Connor Garland – Great number. He only has upside. In great comparison him. to contracts, Heather. If we that, could get something like def- that. That's definitely a show me deal right there. And then if you want to stay and you're producing and you're doing that five on five magic that we need on this Bruins team, mm-hmm. you know, then you pay accordingly after that. But like, I don't, I just don't think he was happy. I mean, he was producing points in, in uh, Arizona and so on, but. Just doesn't seem that he's happy in the organization. Actually, nobody likes Arizona. No one. I'm like, who the hell is happy in the Arizona organization? I actually said the other day because that Arizona doesn't even like Arizona because they went and got out a contract from Andrew Ladd, a player that hasn't played since 2019 and 20. Yeah, let's just get that guy because he's not going to do anything. But we need to get to the freaking sap. I mean, the salary cap floor. The sap floor. I like that. (laughs) The sack floor. Oh, it drives um, me nuts. I, I mean, cause I, I, if I'm not mistaken, Sean Pronger, the old defenseman who now works for the league right. uh, in some kind of um, role uh, under Gary Bettman, is probably still getting paid from Arizona uh, because they're still holding his contract. I know, I know, Marcus Savard's gone, but I was gonna say, and just to Connor Garland in his first few years has been um, pretty consistent. Uh, he's uh, he hasn't played all of the games every year, but he is the, like his first year. Sorry. My brain went somewhere. Uh, he had 18 points. He had 39 points in 1920, which is interesting stat considering it was the COVID shutdown year. So that means he was on quite a little tear getting points at the time. Uh, and also I'd like to say five on five. Ironically, we actually were a lot better five on five this year, but we were so bad at five on five. We're only 17 five on five, even with the uptick that we yeah. saw in five on five production. That's so sad. We're never right. going to be a five on five team. All right. So, but anyway, I in Massachusetts native native always going to have the ties back here to the home state. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, uh, you know, if that's something that they think they could, they could work out and so on, I'd definitely pursue it. I don't think it's going to cost a lot, you know? Yeah. That's not the worst contract they could try to work. That's not the worst contract they could try to work out like a three by three on. Right. You're not selling too high to really screw yourself on the cap hit. Wrong. Or like if you need to move them at the trade deadline or something. That's my that's whole a, thing. That was now I've seen. A, the, oh, sorry. That's, Go ahead. that's okay. That's actually a freaking hell of a uh, segue if you want to jump right into the next one. Okay. Go ahead. Do it. Let's jump into the next one. So. We need defense, yes. Yeah. And there's two interesting kind of choices that one might say you were considering looking for a defenseman that you could get. We have Ryan Suter and we have Keith Yandel, a tale of two different defensemen at different stages in their career. Both, I think, the Bruins, depending on what you worked out for a contract, could benefit from, whether it be Yandel with his badassness and just experience, a guy that's a veteran that might not, might take a little more of a discount to maybe come home towards the end of his career and settle in home. You know, Ryan Suter, kind of a shiny, like, you know, we always say the shiny options, like, he's kind of a quick, shiny object, especially given what we need on defense. So, you go ahead. What's your thoughts on this? I'm... I'm not sold on both, but if if they were going to take some severe discounts, if it was going to be like like I'm talking league minimum discounts to come play here, I'm totally involved. Now, this would address um, two narratives, okay? Playoff experience, which you know both of them have some, not not tons, but whatever. Um, but experience, that's the biggest thing for me. So if the, if this Bruins team looked at last year and they're, they're evaluating and just saying we're too young on defense, the one year evaluation process last season, IE, uh, didn't exactly work out to what we, you know, wanted. We might want to swing the other way. These are kind of moves that you can do to get those guys in here that know the grind, um, have been around a while. They're solid leaders. They still have a voice. And both of them have puck uh, puck um, transition games. They both still have speed at their ages and so on, you know, and good in the power play if you needed that kind of you know where Charlie McAvoy plays now or even on, this, on the PP too, you know. You could still – it, 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 I don't know. It all comes down to term. You know, I, I would only want to do one year deals with, with players like this, but um, I know the cap cap hit would be the biggest thing, but I'm not like we need to go out and get these guys type of person. But if that was an idea moving forward, then it's not, you can't, you cannot try to explore something like it. All right. So, <clears throat> It is interesting age-wise because that is a big factor. Not because Suter's a young duck, but he's certainly not seen as hard of play as Yandel has, you know what I mean, in the years. That being said, you know Keith Yandel's going to be there every day because that dude does not take a day off. He's got the so Iron unlike, Man going on. Yeah, so unlike the old, sometimes we get an older defenseman or something to come in every now and then, you know, or we're worried about older defensemen. Yandel, if you give him a year, two years, like he's going to probably at least be able to be a body there for you, which is something that we've actually struggled with, just physically having enough bodies to show up. And you kind of get a built-in veteran there. I think Suter actually, 
Although I think we need more of kind of the badassness that Yandel would bring. I think Ryan Suter's at a strange age. You know, he's like, what, 31 or something like that. Uh, so he's a little younger, uh, at least mileage's why. I think he might be a better... If you say you kept, I don't want to be crazy, but say, oh, too uh, late. I don't know. Do you know what, <laughs> I don't know what side he is? He, and he's a left shot too. So I don't want to be crazy, but say you put, you put left Grizz and McAvoy together and could reasonably sign him. He would be a good fit on that second line with the brand. Carlo. Yes. that role. So I, I guess if I had to pick one or the other, cause I agree, I don't know if we can do both, especially if they want to maybe, uh, try to retain Mike Riley or someone else to have a not baby defenseman in the works to use. So that's interesting to me. He's a left shot. I don't think that he'll get paid outrageous money. I UFAs are only worth as much as there is for money to go around. You know what I mean? I wonder what his contract looked like. But yeah, anyways, I feel like if I had to pick, I really do love Keith Yandel, but on a usefulness side, besides him really being able to show up, he's kind of more on the backside of his career than Suter is. If we could get him like on a three-year contract at a reasonable price, that might be the better play for now until we get more defensemen in our pipeline and stuff. Sorry, my brain's like going everywhere. I'm like literally talking and my brain started going somewhere else thinking about defensemen. I'm sorry. I apologize. That's all I have to say. Unfortunately, Bruins fans, it's not going to be like the, those big bad Bruins fans out there that think that all all lines of defense should be over six feet tall and so on and just shut down guys. This is the way that I think the Bruins are going to start operating. They're going to have one shutdown guy paired up with one guy that can move the puck um, effectively. So, I mean, a, a pairing of Ryan Suter and Brandon Carlo is very attractive, to be, to be honest with you. You said um, Suter was the left shot, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, so, according to his stats page, he is. And is so is Yandel, right? I believe so. I mean, so there's two solid options that could, you know, obviously I I go back to the whole cap it and everything, but that could could possibly work out if they needed to address that veteran leadership and that veteran need that they possibly didn't see uh, the youngins get. Which, you now I'm still I still want to see the young kids get the time and grow and you know produce if they can but you know if I the Ross and Berwins organization is going another direction then you know it is what it is yeah they're both left shots thank you Yandel's actually not that much older than Suter now that I look at his age I, I just maybe in my head I feel like he's been around like more of a big name than Suter for longer probably is what happens sometimes that happens even though people are in peer groups um I don't know it, I mean we need we need to sign some people you know, we yeah. we need someone else that's a veteran, a veteran defenseman to help. I don't think I mean, I love Connor Clifton and I like Zaboral and Lozon's all right by me, too, and players like that. But the ones that are still down in the system are nowhere near ready to come up no. and be defensemen. And right. the ones that are supposed to be becoming the defensemen, I'm not sure they're all ready to. I'm not saying not be a third pairing, but to really take on the brunt of that. Um, um. I will say that there is one uh, defenseman that the Bruins are highly high on. So I'm bad with words again. Uh, is that Brady Lyle, who just signed a, a, a entry level deal not too long ago? So um, he's pretty much the only one. Jack O'Shawn's got some time, but he's a smaller type defenseman. Um, not sh- really sure what his future is going to be. 
Uh, I think he plays more of a middle depth kind of kind of player. Um, possibly makes an NHL lineup. Who knows if it's going to be with the Bruins or not uh, in the future? I, I like Jack. I think he's got a solid little game and so on. But um, it seems so far away before you actually. We'll see them. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. being said, Ryan Suter seems to have this year, next year. I'm just looking at Cap Friendly real quick. His contract he has next year through 25. Uh, he's, he's bought out. He doesn't have a contract. I know, and I get that. He's a free agent. He's a free agent, but what I'm, I, it's important to know this is probably the kind of contract he's going to be looking for, though. Oh, so you're, you, yeah, you're looking at comparable numbers. So, like, I want to see. So he got bought out, but he had he was a, being paid seven million dollars, right? Oh, so yeah. even if he gets more at a discount, what I'm saying is you're still going to pay a Ryan Suter five million, five million. You know what I mean? You're not going to probably get him more discount. That's still too that. high for me. Right. That's all. The only reason I was bringing it up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was yeah. just going to. Same thing. Let's see what was going on. So Keith Yandel, on the other hand, if you went that option, he's also, he's a $6 million player that you're not going to probably be able to pay him. So that's part of the problem too. That being said, I do think we're going to have to spend five or $6 million to get a real defense. I don't mean to say real defenseman. That sounds like I'm sliding other people, but when things come down to it, I will take uh Suter over no offense, Clifton. Like I love Clifton, but you know. Yeah. Uh, and we do need left shot defensemen. We need to help. Yeah, really we do. Definitely need there. to bolster up that that other side. Well, that was very interesting, Ryan Suter get the handle. Yes, it was actually that went a lot longer than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> so we have really about defense. we got about fifteen minutes before we get into the uh the our mid break with and hear from Bruce Sullivan. So let's start on this one real quick. Okay. So Jeremy uh, Swayman was home. Uh, there's this thing. If you're not from around here and you don't get Nessa and you might not know there's bear tracks. They do. It's sponsored by JetBlue. The Nessa has a lot of little programming that is Bruins related. It's like interviews and things like this. So Jeremy Swayman, uh, Eric Russo, one of the writers and people on Ness and his accompanying him. And they've been releasing little bear track videos everywhere of him kind of at home in Alaska. We saw him on the ice. We saw him literally in the bear tracks. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. So it's just like a fun segment. So I just, for me, um, I think it's very interesting to have personality and I love these little segments of things like this, just like for the reason you love behind the bees and whatnot is, or sometimes Sophia will just ask them a question. Like I think one of the funniest segments they ever did when she was like, say my last name, you know what I mean? And none oh, of the yeah. Americans can say it. That was, like the, that was like her first entrance into like Bruins media. Yeah. That was funny. Like crazy says, and it looks at her like, what, what, why yeah. is that weird? You know what I mean? Meanwhile, yeah. like Brad Marshawn's like, ah, but anyways Swayman has great personality and I think that not in addition to being a great goaltender if him and Vladar who is also silly you've seen him doing interviews of the other Providence Bruins in the locker room with his really broken English and it's funny and they all seem to be laughing they are very personable duo if they are indeed our next tandem and I think they'll sell lots of posters and jerseys and merchandise as they move forward especially if they let them have microphones and a camera but I don't know that Jeremy Swayman he's just such a professional you know what's funny is when you do you I probably said this several times uh in previous podcasts but um he went to the University of Maine 
and it was he gets asked a lot if you if you watch these programs or you listen to any podcasts uh, that he's uh, on. Um, the reason why he chose Maine was because it, it was very similar to Alaska. Big pines, lots of woods, you know, the wildlife going out, uh, you know, in, in, in recreation, uh, fly fishing and, and hunting and all that stuff. Because that's what he was, did back at home. And uh, when he went and made the first visit, I think he went and climbed a mountain um, here in uh, the Northeast and, and just said, this is this is where I want to be. Because not only can I be here and be comfortable mentally, but it's almost like this reminds me of home and this is my comfort zone. So I'm glad he went to Maine because who knows if he went somewhere else, he probably wouldn't have been a great goaltender as he is right now, up and coming great goaltender. Um, but uh, I have a lot of faith in that young man and, and, uh, and this uh, upcoming um, core in the crease. Uh, a lot of people are downplaying these two uh, or at least one of them and uh and kyle kaiser but these guys are all they're all inner workings of middle depth and and you need that development in the crease and i think that um um mike dunham and uh and, and bob asenza have done tremendous jobs with these guys the the goaltending in the uh middle depth area has been tremendous in the past couple of years and it's been the best that i've seen since covering the bruins and, and providence uh, for seven years now so, One of the best things they did was fix how the goaltending coaching was happening in this organization. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's not to blame anybody, but when you're one guy trying to keep an eye on six goalies, you're really, you have to focus. Obviously you're going to probably focus as much as you can on the young guys, but you also have to focus on what's going on in the NHL. If they're not well put together, you're going to you know, just drive and drive. And so it's, I like having a few people in there, you know, to work on certain yeah. things. It's better to have more eyes on. I mean, one guy can't be the only person in charge of, you can only work on looking at tape so much. You need to physically be able to have someone to be there with you and put you, you know, in the same. What uh, I like about what's going on now is it's to say like Kyle Kaiser, when he was signed to an entry level deal, as soon as the Boston Bruins lost uh, Malcolm Subban to the expansion draft four years ago to, um, no, he was claimed on waivers. Sorry. When he was claimed on waivers, the Bruins needed to get somebody back into the loop, and they went to the OHL and signed um, Kyle Kaiser while he was still playing with the Oshawa Generals. And the really cool part about that is, like, that was really around the time that Mike Dunham was getting involved with the organization and working with Bob Asenza, but Dunham was making rounds. Like he would go and see all these freaking goaltenders and see how their eating habits were, their workout habits, their on ice practice habits and their game habits. And then, you know, just it's a constant. We need to be around you all the time. A lot of the times it's like you, you get a kid that comes into um, development camp and that's pretty much the only time you see him until he makes the American Hockey League. And then you start seeing your professional goaltending like Bob Basenza and his tutelage, um, yeah, you know, but most of the time you don't see these guys. Now there's more of a process on, um, on being there and, uh, and showing that you're interested in blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's just, that just breeds good confidence in, in younger goaltenders that, you know, Hey, you know, I have somebody that's flying all the way across the country to just, you know, spend a week with me, you know, that's, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, it is. Um, all right. Well, I would like to wait to do the big 
the big news of this morning, what the list looked like to after break, if you don't mind. But I did no, have that's, a couple, that's what I was planning quick, on anyway. Yeah, I was gonna say I do have a couple quick things though that we could just maybe just talk about for a couple minutes before we do our break. That won't take long. Go ahead. Um, I, I don't know if you noticed, but um 985 Sports Hub. Chris Wagner did like an intern thing this week there. Uh, he, I mean, he was reading the headlines, answering phones, all of that. That was pretty funny. Um, whether or not he's a Bruin next year, you know, whatever. But anyways, the mayor is very personal and goofy, and I like that kid. Um, I just wanted to ask you, I keep, obviously, you know that I'm just having a heart attack about Krejci and Hall, and I understand they're most likely going to be fine, even though they're exposed in the Seattle, being UFAs or whatever. But on uh, I keep hearing like they're getting close to a Taylor Hall deal. Do you think they're actually close to a Taylor Hall deal? Because you see the conflicting thing from the experts, right? Of uh, Elliot Freeman's like, I'm not sure that they really have this kind of short up yet. And then you hear other people, just for example, and then you hear other people say, nope, I'm definitely hearing they're getting closer and closer to a deal. Uh, I don't know. Do you, where do you think we sit uh, approximately what, 10 days before? the free agency opens up of actually retaining Taylor Hall. I'm going on uh, the Are we leaning uh, more towards he's going to be here. I'm going on the screenshot of uh, NRD, which is at NHL rumors daily. That guy is really good. Yeah. And I just, I heard him on a recent podcast and he, I thought he was a spot on, on a lot of the stuff he had, but he was talking about the Bruins uh, Carlo extension on this one tweet. Uh, it gives them one less thing to worry about uh, when they turn to Hall Krejci as well as any possible additions. And then he adds on, for what it's worth, I've heard that the team and Hall camp are disconnected on term. So I've heard, and it's from uh, the uh, NRD at NHL Ruins Daily, that the the money is is okay. It's acceptable, but the term is not. Uh, that's And that's a 5.5 a rumor right now. And that's uh, pretty damn friendly if you ask me. Um, but he also tweeted out uh, shortly after that. I'm really bearish on about Hall hitting the market though. They have plenty of time to work on it. And the good news is they're, they're around the same ballpark on AAV, which the last told was 5.5 range. Um, I do like that. Follow him if you're not, for, or she, we don't really know. He or she, oh, whoever you are. He yeah, sounds no, like a, he I'm sounds like kidding. a dude on the podcast. No, I'm only kidding. I know. I just because you know that that's been the funny thing. Like let this week is let's try to guess who the uh, identity. Yeah. Is. You know what I mean? I'm I, obviously. I thought it was Grinelli. I thought it was I, Mike Grinelli, but no, once I, I heard the I, voice, I, I'm like, nope, that's not him. I'm I'm sorry, but if they're trying to sign Taylor Hall five for five, that seems like a really low ball number on Taylor Hall. And that might be yeah. what term like they mean about term. He's going to probably, if he's going to take that low of an AAV, you know what I mean? Cap hit. He's probably looking more at seven years than he is. Yeah. Six or seven years. Mm-hmm. And so. I mean, they burnt Tory and uh, whether we're keeping Tory Krug or not, but like part of that rolled out, it seemed they got burnt on one year. <laughs> and I really hope that doesn't happen with Taylor Hall. If like the difference is Sweeney wants six and he wants seven, at 5.5, you can dump that later in a package somewhere. You know what I mean? Because yep. that that's not ridiculous. I don't know. But I, it just seems to me it's still kind of all over the place. And I understand we're a prime in the season where the rumors are rampant of who's going who and this is going there and maybe not going there. I mean, we heard, you know, 
Tarasenko that the Bruins were maybe in on a Tarasenko, but then it was like, no freaking way. He was nowhere near their list. Like, I mean, they were nowhere near his kind of list, you know, just, or people like as this week's been going on with all the rumors who might've been protected, not protected, which we all know how that rolled out. People getting waived, people asking, you know, being just, it's a lot. I just really need them to resign maybe Hall or Krejci because it does make me nervous. What if yeah, he? But- what if it's five five and he wants seven years, and Seattle decides to do that and that be their pick from the Bruins? Well, if it's five five or seven, Heather, it all depends on the contract terms. Are you no, no movement through the whole thing, yeah. or are you no well, movement for the first three, and then we can move you wherever if you if your stats decline and so on, and you're starting to show your age, we can move you quick. Like the no movement towards the end of a contract doesn't make sense to me in a situation like that. I don't think ever having a no movement clause longer than three years for someone who doesn't stay on a team for three years makes sense, period. Like if I'm Sweeney, like not to be an asshole, but I'm thinking, kid, I'll give you two years for no no movement contract. Then we're going to the phase where I can ask you to waive that no movement clause as necessary. But... I don't know, or the limited no trade clause or whatever, you know, whatever the term actually they decide on is. I don't know. I I do think, though, that 5-5 is kind of a low number for Taylor Hall, which, I mean, Jesus, unless that also includes just, I you know, we want to bring back Krejci for two seasons, too, and we need to give him at least three. You know what I mean? We can't ask him to take nothing either. I don't know. Who knows? I just thought I'd ask that before we went to break because now that the protection lists are there, now I'm starting to focus on the free agents. I understand we still have all the craziness that will happen at the expansion draft and at the regular draft of moving people around yeah. and stuff as part of movement. But that's just what's on my mind this morning. Like, ah, all this we'll protection list. <laughs> we'll talk about the protection list after we hear from the awesome Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Please listen to his information that he's got coming up here. It's a great avenue to uh, spice up the fan cave with some hand-signed Boston Bruins items, pictures, hand-signed jerseys, pucks, all kinds of great stuff. And he also has other New England sports, too, like Patriots, um, uh, Red Sox, and um, the Celtics. So he does a, a great job, has an awesome collection, and they're really great prices. So we'll hear from Bruce and be right back. Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our Black and Gold Memorabilia Moment of the Week. As we prepare for our upcoming August signing with Bruins legend, Hall of Famer, and two-time Stanley Cup champ Jerry Cheevers, we are offering two limited edition autographed authentic CCM jerseys. Cup 1970 is number 42 of 70, and Cup 72 is number 6 of 72 ever produced. Both are available for just $3.49 each. Or get yourself a Jerry Cheever's black autographed JSA authenticated and inscribed custom jersey for just $75. Or the mask 16 by 22 special edition JSA photo display for $95. Land an authentic CCM autographed Brad Park inscribed jersey for just $3.49. Or a white or black style Bobby Orr GNR authenticated flying gold jersey for just $329. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand signed pieces 
And your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! What's up, Bruins fans? We just heard from the awesome Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Please check out all his items on his um, Facebook page and please email him directly for anything that you need that you want hand signed or anything like that. So he's a great, great resource to to stock up the fan cave with some awesome items and really impress your friends and family that are coming over to to catch a Bruins game, possibly this fall. So get your items now and get them often. So we're back, Heather. Where are we going with this on the agenda? We're gonna, uh, you know, end the end the program soon, but uh, we still have a couple uh, topics to go over. So, look, we're gonna get to the mid- nitty gritty, right? The Seattle protection lists are in and have been approved and are now been released, which was like a little this morning, late morning ish, I guess, ten thirty. Uh, who do we protect? I don't personally think there were any big shocks here. Uh, Bergeron, Coyle, DeBrusque, Frederick, Marshawn, Smith, Carlo, McAvoy, and Vladar. Uh, I personally did not get on the meltdown because Richie, who's an RFA train, is not protected. But there were some people out there that were either very shocked or whatever. Again, RFAs, you had to protect them. But I, I calm down. I, I'm not sure Richie is who Seattle's looking for. So there is still hope you might get to get Richie resigned. Uh, anyways, Mark, that's just the Bruins. I mean, that leaves a lot of people exposed, but we also are lucky that we have a lot of entry level contracts. We have a lot of UFAs, although Seattle can poach them in the next three days. Maybe, uh, what's your thoughts? Come on. We've been waiting for this moment. It seems like for literally three years, which we have. Yeah, I, I pretty much had the same same list as as what got released, um, knowing that the UFAs, um, you know, the pending UFAs don't necessarily have to be protected. But but also, you know, you got me into a, a wormhole of learning that the Seattle Kraken still has a time window of talking to some of these players, much like Taylor Hall, and um, and to see if they can get a deal going. And if they do get a deal, in fact. Um, that that is counted as a selection in the draft. So um, it's going to be interesting uh, no matter what. Um, but I, I, if I'm Seattle and I'm Jay Leach, who has a ton, shit ton of intel about this organization and who to select, maybe your defense is, is, is um, your cracking defense is somewhere where you want to address it from the Boston Bruins. Um, and you could definitely, um, you know, Think about Jeremy Lozon and Connor Clifton, two young players that are, are rugged, uh, low cap hits and, and buildable pieces or, or sustainable pieces for at least their the first year or, or or who knows, their career can absolutely flourish. But um, I think it's going to be a defense. I don't think it was, I don't think any of the forwards are very attractive, um, to be honest with you. So and, and Jay Leach is defense all, all the way. So kind of that's where i'm gravitating to and it's unfortunate i do like jeremy lozon he's been a fast fantastic kid always up for a solid interview same thing with connor clifton i'd hate to see uh, cliffy hockey leave uh, the boston area anytime soon but 
it, it's just the fact is that it's the it's an expansion draft and we're all going to lose a player. It doesn't matter who it is. We're all going to lose a player. It's probably going to be somebody of a little bit of significance because Seattle's not going to use their scouting staff or anything like that just to pick up some Joe Schmo that's probably not going to stay in the organization a month. They're going to want to go out and, and get, you know, building stones out of, out of some of these guys that are um, coming in for the inaugural season. So, or somebody that they can move for the draft that they can maybe move up in rank choicing to try and well said. I mean, that way. yeah, there's so many different avenues that are going to be happening for this, um, this, uh, this expansion draft. And it's going to be interesting. So I'm excited, but I'm also like kind of wary about the whole thing. And, you know, we're going to lose a, a you know, might not be the best piece and so on and blah, 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 because you already, you know, lock those guys up with, with the protection list and so on. But it's also, a, a, you know, somebody in the organization that's going to be moving out West. So, well, that's what that, what is a little nerve wracking is like, it does suck. We're going to lose someone on the back end. I love Connor Clifton, but honestly, if I'm Lynch, I'm, I'm Lynch Leach. We, I, I might lean more towards him only because he has more NHL experience than, Zaboral or Lozon, but it's probably going to be one of those three. I mean, the list, I'm looking at the list and it's not that attractive to me and it's my people that aren't protected. Do you know what I mean? Does make me nervous. Like I said, if really Taylor Hall's camps having issue with term, that does leave a little window that Seattle may come in and try to poach him. That's why I had picked him on my protection list for UFAs. Uh, but I can guarantee everybody if they indeed do pick Nick Ritchie, the world will be okay on the other side. We were okay before Nick Ritchie-ish and we'll be okay after-ish. But yeah, our list really, I'm more surprised at some of the other people who weren't protected, but uh, we we don't necessarily have to get into all of that because yesterday and the day before was a crazy train of no movements and, you know, trades and whatever else and because the freeze happened at three o'clock the lists were due at five o'clock so it was pretty frenzied 48 hours uh but our list isn't that attractive overall like if you're looking for a forward unless you're trying to get like unless you have faith in sean corrali and you're trying to maybe sign him on a deal because maybe the bruins aren't as in on him as as might have been rumored a little bit um and maybe just get a deal to get a deal or poaching a haul our, or even a David Krejci, if you can get a deal done with him, someone like that who has experience, it would be great to center a line, especially with another veteran or maybe even a couple, you know, young studs that really haven't quite proven what they have, their capacity, but give them room to grow, someone who can hand them the puck, someone who's fast with that. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be one of those three defensemen, which makes me sad. Uh, but that's also a testament, I guess, to some of the defensive prospects. But I, I feel bad because it's like you're only probably getting picked because your offensive choices aren't that attractive. But right. on the flip side, good for the Bruins because that means more of our RFA, UFA type players, especially, which is really most of who's up for not being protected besides like bleed in them that we just resigned to like, like a bleed would be that to hit the cap kind of contract to have someone again, Always been an A. I personally don't think we'll ever be an NHLer again. Nothing wrong with that. Plenty of people have had respectable AHL careers, uh, but that would be more to keep a hit. But 
I don't know. I feel like Clifton would be a better option only because of his experience. He does have more playoff experience, like in real playoff experience, not in crazy COVID and not saying the, I'm not asterisking those things. I'm just saying it's a lot different to play an 82 game season and then play four rounds of playoffs than it is to do that. Oh, sure. so, I don't know. We'll see. It will be interesting Wednesday. Eight o'clock ESPN two, I think. Uh, also, there'll be trades and stuff that have movement that happens even during that time. Because like right now, everything's on freeze until Wednesday. Then things unpause leading towards the drafts. Uh, I wouldn't doubt if Seattle doesn't try to acquire so that they can move something to move up in the draft too. So that even though they have a pretty good spot in all the, you know, because what are they third maybe or something like that? Yeah, third to second, something like that. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo's first, and I thought the Kraken was second. Yeah, and they totally fixed, totally fixed. And they have to take at least 20 players that have they except the Knights, but they have to choose one from each team, and they have to have at least four 14 forwards, nine defensemen, as we talked about, and three goalies from the unprotected players list. Uh also they can negotiate with a UFAs and the last thing that I wanted to say about the Kraken is Jesus Christ they're going to be a real team they're going to have an actual team with a roster but well I did see earlier in the week the NHL had tweeted out something that Seattle did something cool they put together like a 70 page like reference guide so after the draft they can give them to the families of the players and stuff it's like all you need to know about seattle you know stuff like that which i'm assuming is like schools that's and awesome. restaurants and all that and I, I think that's pretty cool because let's face it although seattle is a good hockey market that's partly why they got awarded the thing it's not um like it's not seattle's not really a place that unless you played in Vancouver, you've probably spent a lot of time. And so like, even though, even if you're not from New York or around New York, if you get signed to the Rangers, it's freaking New York city. They, like it's a city that's well known. Right. Seattle's. I think it's cool. Cause it maybe will give them insights. I think it's important that the locals know what the locals know, as opposed yeah. to what the well, tourists know. And it's hard. Don't, to operate with. don't, um, and I know you're not doing this, but don't discredit the WHL out there too. And the presence for hockey at the uh, development level right. of um, Canadian major junior, you know, they have, yeah. uh, you know, Tri-City, they have Everett, Portland, Seattle. Um, and I'm probably missing a few others. I think there's five WHL teams yeah. out, out West. So that, it's a nice little hockey it, but it's going to get so much bigger with the addition of this and the rivalries that now the uh, the northwestern uh, uh, area has with like Vancouver, the Canucks, and then now you add in the Edmonton Oils and Calgary Flames and that craziness, and even teams down in Southern California. It's just going to be a freaking madhouse of uh, of hopefully some decent hockey for this organization. I'm I'm a little excited for the team. I still don't like the name. I it just yeah, I, I love know. the name because that's what yeah. I want. It it, I, I mean, it's so. just it's growing on me now because it's just rolling off my tongue. But it's just I thought it was going to be more, more um, traditional. Uh, I thought it was. I would have loved to have had the Metropolitans back or something like that. You know, something that, that was brings the only other one to history. But oh, speaking of history, you know what's funny is yeah. the Seattle Kraken are just becoming an, uh, a new franchise and they've already won a Stanley Cup. No, I'm yeah. sorry, no. It's they've just become a new franchise, but the city of Seattle has already won a Stanley Cup. 1917. That's exactly right. Yes. I messed that up. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, my only thing is like Seattle's not exactly like the vacation destination of the world. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's all I meant. I'm certainly not discouraging. Like, that's what I mean. Seattle's got a great hockey community. Yeah. I like Kraken, man. I like it. It's different. It's like whatever. Like, if we can have fucking Mighty Ducks, which I know are just the Ducks now, but they were better when they were the Mighty Ducks. Let's face it. The minute you took the Mighty away, it all started falling apart. One cup and then you... I'm just kidding. Um, But anyways, Seattle Kraken are coming. I cannot wait to really look at this protection list and whatever. And I love this kind of thing. I mean, I still resent Vegas. I hate them and I don't think they should exist. But... I like the excitement that these kind of things bring and just the, whoa. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you know, with, with Carrie Price and so on. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just a ball of freaking holy shit. Yeah, but you know I mean? They're going to take some key players that oh, are yeah. unprotected. And you can't protect everybody. But, like, I looked at Buffalo. Of course they protected the only, like, eight solid players. And I'm looking at their list going, okay, so they might want Jeff Skinner. Like, I'm not sure who. And then I was like, oh, my God, what if Colin Miller gets drafted by the Kraken? Then he'll be have been selected by the Kraken and Vegas. Probably, the, if not the only person. That's Can't funny. be many of them that got, a, got drafted twice by expansion teams in the same expansion era. That's funny. So keep an eye on it. Listen to me. If when you hear Colin Miller's name, remember I just reminded yeah. you he was also drafted by Vegas because the wound still hurts. Wrong Miller. Wrong Miller. Speaking of drafts, another great segue, Heather, right into the NHL entry draft, which should be exciting for the Boston Bruins as well, as they look to try to replenish the prospect pool that everybody seems to think is trash lately, and we don't develop prospects um, properly, which I yeah. kind of disagree with that. Yeah, um, but uh, I'm not sure wait. I totally disagree with that with some of them. Um, but I think we have a weird sometimes we like bury our own prospects. But yeah. I think that everybody works hard. And I think not everybody. I think you can be drafted or whatever or signed or whatever. Maybe you weren't well, drafted. But I do think that our farm are not. I don't mean our farm team, but you know what I mean? It needs help. A lot of help. It needs to yeah. be replenished. But I mean, I mean, it, it's it's good. I mean, what, what we're seeing in Providence, what we're seeing uh, coming through the um, the USHL, and then soon to be going into the NCAA, is a lot of a lot of good progress. Mason Lowry is promising already to be a really good mobile mm-hmm. defenseman, a big kid, and everything. I'm excited for his arrival. But he's going to Ohio State for the uh, first year as a freshman in the fall. But. Um, we do. I mean, I'm not saying we don't have, but we're still looking at people who might not be ready for another three seasons to, you know, or yeah. four seasons right. to really make an impact on the team. So if right. we could get a snag, a few people who might be a little, I feel like some people we we've been so patient, I think developing players, sometimes you need to kind of push them to be accelerated a little more, not to break them so that they can't develop right. correctly. But at the same time, we can only have, I don't want to go three more seasons talking about the 2015 draft. I can't take it anymore. No, I know. But no, going back to what I was trying to say earlier was pretty much like, you know, when fans are ripping the the prospect system and so on, I, I just really want those folks to look at the past couple, uh, three or four seasons that Jay Leach has been involved with the, uh, the head coach of, of the Providence Bruins and the records every year going into that. And the playoffs, they might not have playoff success or called the cup winning history or anything like that, but 
this putting together solid teams, competitive teams at the American Hockey League level that, you know, you can see some of these um, these prospects playing well and moving up uh, sooner or later, but they're not ones that are absolutely going to, like, blow Corey Perlman's, um athletic freaking rankings or anything like that, you know? Because mm-hmm. he always, for the past three seasons, has ranked the Boston Bruins at, at almost last when it comes to that kind of freaking category, so... I mean, a lot. I mean, there are a lot of factors of who come, you know, what other teams need and things like that. But dear God, I just I need a couple defensemen out of this. I need a, yeah, couple, you well, know what I mean? Like, I don't need five hundred centers again. We still have five hundred people who are centers. I'm still slapping. waiting for the right wing. I'm still waiting yeah. for them to develop the right wing that they thought they were going to get out of Zach Senishin in the first round of uh, the mm-hmm. 2015 draft. And I'm not trying to go back on that or at all, Heather, and get you all worked mm-hmm. up about that draft. But still, <laughs> it's like you haven't done anything on the right side since then. You brought in like plug and play players at the minor pro level to see if they can actually be the guy. But you should be drafting the guy, in my opinion. And I think mm-hmm. that this draft, okay. they need to get a forward, a multi, you know, a left wing, right wing kind of guy, but a right shot. And you know what? It's going to be so freaking Bruins when they get up there in the first round at 20 and pick a freaking defenseman. Um, <laughs> I agreed. Um, I would like to point out that I don't have PTSD from the 2015 draft. I have PTSD listening to Bruins fans. bits about the 2015 draft for the last six years. That's what triggers me. Um, so real quick, we have... We don't have a second round pick because we got rid of that with Andrews Bjork to get Taylor Hall here, but in the first round... Uh, we pick 20th or 21st. Uh, we have the 85th pick in the third round, the fourth round, the 117th, 149th in the fifth, sixth round, one, 181 or the 181st. I don't know why I couldn't say that like a normal person. That was weird. But And we have two picks in the seventh round, yippity-skippity, uh, 213 and 217. Uh, the 217 is the one we got from Toronto last year when we traded with them. That being said, that's how it sits here on Sunday, the 18th of July. It could very well change at the Seattle draft and slash again before the regular draft. As we know, on draft day, there is always a lot of movement or you think there's like last year, we're like, there's going to be so much. And then like nothing happened. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, no the shit. most uneventful draft uh, as for other than just actually drafting the players. <laughs> like it was yeah. so this year again will be interesting. Uh, you know, at number twentieth or whatever, you know we're gonna pick the like hundred and eighty-fifth ranked person in the two hundred person rank book, you know, whatever the oh, they'll reach is. for it just to set the freaking <laughs> Bruins nation off on a freaking high um, note on their career. That being said, uh I think I I this is what I was thinking about the protection list though, too, and maybe at the draft. I'm not as convinced now they're actually trying to move Jake DeBrusque. I think because they didn't protect Richie and those kind of decisions of should we re-sign these left wingers kind of decisions, I think that might be them trying to move at least until further notice, maybe moving Jake DeBrusque back to the left side on the third line. Do you know what I mean? Because at least those are the devils you know while you're looking for pieces to kind of fix those problems yeah just no that I, had. I can i can see where you're going with that he's got one more year remaining on his contract but uh, i'm more gravitating him to uh be moved for younger pieces like we said we that they need to rep- replenish the prospect pool i yeah. think that he could garner a i don't know maybe a third fourth round pick to try to increase those efforts or 
do the Bruins believe in Jake DeBras to give it one more solid shot to get out of his funk when we're back to normalcy, 82 game schedule. Mm-hmm. You can go out. You don't have to have DoorDash all the time because we know he loves the McDonald's and the Big Macs. You know, is is this change in human life going to change him where he can be more focused into his, his craft, his working, his work ethic, and uh, obviously eating habits? So I don't know. I mean, this this he has potential. You know that. Yeah. There's a lot of people that know that too, but the past two years we've seen that potential go down, but it might be just the times. See, this I mean, is my thing with him is I don't think we're trying to trade him right now for something. I And this is my personal thought is that at this point, why the not if, especially because our bottom six is a hot mess just generally. And half of these kids, as much as you might want to shove them onto the any, they aren't ready. They aren't. No. Okay. You might plug Trent Frederick in there, but you're not plugging all of them in there kind of thing. As, as much as I want Oscar Steen involved in this Boston Brewers yes. team and the fourth line to be that, that tenacious four checker with speed and so on. He's not ready. It makes more he sense. He needs another year DeBrusque. of freaking uh, American yeah. North American hockey, in my opinion. Yeah, it makes more sense to just keep DeBrusque around. You already know what you're paying him. And if things don't work out by the trade deadline, I still hold that's when you trade him for a couple picks because you'll have better scouting for the next round, uh, yeah. you know, next year's draft as opposed to this one, anyways. And we already have seven draft picks. And we actually have one in every round. And, you know, while well, the Bruins will trade those away as the day progresses. No shit. No shit. We'll end up with 14 seventh round picks or whatever. Like, that's cool. I mean, as long as you draft out of those 14 round picks, a couple people that might in the next year or two help us out. I don't care. But, uh, yeah. So, anyways, exciting stuff. Seattle draft. You can go on NHL.com if you're not on necessarily social media or something. They have the list. You just click on it. It has all the teams who they protected and everybody who's available. No. That being said, you have to continue to do your research because, like I said, they have yes. David Backus on the list and David Backus has retired. Um, yeah. They also and- have Taylor Hall available. They also have David Krejci available right. so because does- that's that's the UFA thing. And I was going to say that's something you have to do a little more research yeah. and look at Cat Friendly or Puck PD or whatever to see the contracts Absolutely. because, again, the UFAs and RFAs are not protected. So the Nick Ritchie, we have a lot of UFAs and RFAs, actually. So a lot of the Bruins people, even though they're exposed, there are rules about how they are. So it's like you can negotiate with the UFAs, but the RFAs, depending on their actual contract or whatever was in there, will determine on whether they can get picked or not picked. Like right. the home team still kind of retains the rights. Like, again, that's why I yep. said the crisis is not gone. If they don't pick Nick Ritchie, Don Sweeney still gets to talk to Nick Ritchie because his rights revert back to that team. That's how it kind of works. So, but yeah, that list does not tell you kind of like if they're UFA, RFA, which I think would be a good addition if you're listening, NHL.com. Next year, maybe for those who are UFAs or RFAs, put that in a parenthesis to kind of give people a heads up. I mean, next year, you know, in five more years when we have another expansion draft, even though we're not expanding beyond 32 teams when the 33rd and 35th, 4th team come done. In. Don't, <laughs> don't tee up another freaking madness. I don't want to see this happen again. I get so not, confused. Like during this time, four yeah. years ago, I was so confused on what everything was going on and then all of a sudden seattle comes around i'm like here we go hit me again with another bat i know bunch of confusion well this year at least it was the same rules as vegas so there was a lot of sources to kind of look back to how vegas did it you know a lot of teams went the uh eight and one route 
I didn't think they would. It seems like a few teams went like we went the seven, three and one route. A lot of teams actually use that eight skaters and a goalie option for their protection list. Uh, but again, that all has to do with teams, personal cap space and stuff like that too. So, uh, but anyways, dive into that. It's going to be very exciting this next week with all this drafting. Seattle's going to be a real team and all of that. Stay tuned. We will discuss all of that next week. If you come back and listen to us, which we hope you do because you seem to every week and we appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, we do absolutely appreciate the numbers what we're getting. It's, it's awesome. Okay. So that's the drafts. That's it. We're going to try to maybe get someone who knows more about these kind of things to talk to us a little bit so we can have a more knowledgeable discussion on who's get, may get drafted and, or who did get drafted. So we'll keep you posted on any feedback we get on those people because not everybody can keep track of every prospect that's been signed since they were 14 years old to potentially be in NHL. Oh, Heather, you're, sl- you're so slacking. Am I? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I know. I'm I'm going to work that in. That'll be my superpower next year is I will know everybody's numbers and stats from everything. Just kidding. No, I won't. <laughs> um, I'm good. All right. So uh, that being said, Boston – Pride, the pride of Boston, Isabel Cup champs, just like saying it out loud. Uh, Isabel was on a on uh, the move the other day, was in Rhode Island. Uh, but uh, Danielle LaRucco is the new GM. Uh, she is replacing Caitlin, who left uh, to go on to an NHL. She's going to be up in that job. But congratulations. Welcome uh, to the pride family there. I'm sure that you are in for a run there. And I um, can't see the... Isabel Cup champions, not picking a good one. Uh, she was a standout at Brown in her career and I'm sure has a lengthy resume, but welcome to Boston. Yeah, awesome. Uh, Caitlin Frackman was a fantastic GM uh, that, that has moved on to... Did you say the Seattle Kraken? No, I, I don't know if it was... I can't remember if it was the Kraken, okay, but uh, it definitely was an NHL, like onto an NHL job. Right. So that's just that's just freaking kudos right there that a woman's uh, getting uh, more acknowledgement in her efforts and into the game of hockey that they're getting more recognized for NHL jobs. I mean, kudos to just the movement of everybody can play and everybody can can be a part of an organization too and have trust in the opinions uh, put forth to build and 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 have an awesome franchise. You know, it's just it's amazing the way the game. Um, goes sometimes when you think about it yeah, but um definitely. no i mean the, the boston pride is just an unbelievable structured team uh head coach paul mara is is um is does a very good job with these ladies uh and he and he puts together a roster that is is um it, it brings it it brings it on a game basis um i was just so so impressed the past couple of years when i'm watching these ladies skate and um how aggressive they can play how they you know i mean there's not out full out hitting and so on like that but there's a lot of uh, aggressive play along the boards and in front of the net so it's 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 a pleasure to watch and um the boston pride are the uh, pretty much the cat's meow of the uh, nwhl right now with (laughs) with a couple um oh was that a pun yes it was yes you didn't even mean Uh, to either i didn't even i didn't even mean to um but uh no i mean just been so good so good and uh you know isabel cup champions uh this past season and um the more exposure um and the more um collaboration that this league and team has with with some um potential professional uh teams the the 
I mean, the sky's the limit when you talk about growth for ladies hockey. And, and I, I really think that it really has to start with, um, you know, team sponsorships, you know, maybe like I've said in the past that if there's a Boston team, we have a Boston pride team, but if there's a Colorado team, there's a Colorado team, you know, and so on. And then, you know, you, you make a schedule out of that, but you also have to work together and unionize yourselves too, because these ladies uh, really put a lot of their time into family, which is is not easy. You have kids, that's not easy, but a 40 hour a week job too. And then you use your vacations to plan around uh, events like this and games and so on and, and a schedule that, um, you know, it, I mean, they have to get better and in, into, um, you know, getting the professionals involved and, and some kind of creating more of like a, a salary cap for them. Cause um, you know, you can't play, you can't, you can't live on $12,000 a year playing in the, in the women's league, you know? So if you can eliminate that 40 hour job and uh, give these ladies the opportunity to properly train for a professional season and so on and pay them accordingly, this, this, this could be something really big. And I hope it does happen. Um. I was going to say, uh, Carlin, she's going to be a scout player development for the Blackhawks. I couldn't remember what okay. team it was. I'm sorry. Um, I'm, yeah. But anyways, the new GM, she is a Rockland Mass native, so she is oh, familiar Chicago, Massachusetts. with the area, played hockey at Brown, uh, attended, uh, you know, she was on Olympic, you know, national development, all of that stuff, so... Quite awesome. the resume. Welcome back home, I guess. When I said welcome to Boston, I meant to the Boston Pride organization. But, uh, yeah, awesome. So good things, I'm sure, the ladies. So they're in good shape to go and defend that cup this year. Keep selling Absolutely. it. The, I'm proud of how much the – and I agree with you. Like, it's still not perfect. They're still working out how to maybe create yeah. the league bigger in the union and all that. But I, they've had so much growth this year just with twi Twitch and just um, – sponsors yes. like bigger name sponsors coming in to support them social and engagements have been outstanding which which is is the key component to get gaining your uh your notoriety as a league and, and, and an individual team you know once yeah. you once you grab that you, you create a lot of attention and also even just like I, I know the big debate is like should the nhl get involved with that kind of thing and i do have to say though that individual teams definitely um like you could even see in the bubble, like different teams bought representatives to be in there, you know, um, as their own cells, like, uh, you know, um, the Rangers did it for uh, the Metropolitan, uh, you know, the Riveters and um, what is it? Connecticut Whale. Sorry, I don't know where my brain was going there. You know, the Bruins sent the Bruins in there and even some of them, uh, like there was some Carolina Hurricanes in there, I think, with the Whale too. So it's nice to see, if not like as an organization, the NHL, but individual teams trying to support the teams kind of represented in the area or are connected to, uh, they're never going to probably have a formula like the M, uh, the WNBA has with the NBA. Right. I mean, it right. was from the get-go structured to be a sister company, quote unquote, joking aside, pun intended, company to the NBA They're from the beginning and women's hockey professionally has never had that kind of initial bring it in. So these ladies work hard. I can't wait to see what they do next year when they do the cup. Okay. I'm babbling on and on again. Let's get <laughs> to the GM meetings. Okay. This week they had the oh. virtual 
Oh, is that it? GM meetings. And the big takeaway is we're going back to 82 games, October to April. Uh, we are going to play your di- back to the normal divisions, except for Arizona's moving. I so have a picture of that. I'm going to, I mean, I have, I have a picture of that. I'm going to bring right. up right now so we can talk Pull about it. it. Boom. Uh, so the, oh, the divisions shoot. are going get back. Rid of the banner. Uh, Sorry. That's fine. There you uh, go. And the only other two big things out of this uh, really is the Olympics are still up in the air. Um, I'm concerned that the NHL is not really faithfully negotiating, being able to work something out with the IOC as they promised the players they could go if they did. You know what I mean? That's also dependent. Batman just does not seem sold on it. Bill Daly seems like if we have to, we will. But where's it's all the value. Yeah. And my thing is, I just think the dollar value is this these players get to go home and rep or go home with their national teams and represent and people are watching the best players literally in the world i'm not saying that's not to disparage anyone who's had a khl career or whatever but let's face it most as many as possible national players are going to be those nhl players you know and we're old enough i remember when it was only amateurs i remember being pissed when they were going to let the nhl guys go because i thought it wasn't fair to the amateur players yeah. but the dollar value is people want to buy your stupid useless nhl package <laughs> that gets blacked out you know if you think blackouts are bad in the continental united states and canada imagine subscribing to that package in finland i'm just saying uh <laughs> You know, and you get exposed and the players are fucking happy because you said you would negotiate in good faith and you do. And then the players are happy because you did. Because like I said, you think Alex Ovechkin isn't going to be like, sorry, Washington Capitals. This is literally the last time I can compete in the Olympics. I'm like old and I want to represent Russia and try to win the goal. You know, I just that's just like a not really serious example, but like really. So but I thought one more thing before we get into the schedule and the going back to like that way. Another interesting thing that I read, they talked about for like, they did breakout groups and everything about officiating standard for cross, the cross-checking penalty. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And I, I thought that. that was an interesting one. So anyways, I know the bigger issue, uh, the bigger issue, the prominent issue right now is we are going back to quote unquote normalcy, 82 games, divisions are the same. Um, you have to play everyone at least twice, right? in your division or three times, whatever it was, it's probably two now because the Kraken, you have to play the Kraken too. It'll be interesting if they hash it out to be more in those kind of, you're going to play two here and then two there. So like maybe one year Boston plays Seattle two times in Seattle. And then, well, I know that's and a weird vice versa. Yeah. I know that's weird because it's out of the East, but you know what I'm saying that like yeah. they'll go back and forth. Uh, I just, it'll be interesting, but I'm so glad it's going to be a normal freaking hockey schedule. Like I can't. What, what I'm what I'm really excited about is the, um, when you travel to a city, say you go to, uh, to Miami, that there'll be somewhat of a stay there and not just um, fly into Miami one day. Yeah. Rest up for a game, play a game. And then immediately after get out of there and go to Tampa Bay, you know, yeah, uh, it's going to be, you know, I, I like the idea of I think it's the camaraderie thing about it and, and how teams gel throughout the year that you can play a game and you can practice in the area, but also enjoy your time while you're while you're in that area. And look at the 
what, what's available around, whether it be a golf course, whether it be a Dougie Hamilton museum or anything like that. You know, it's just I think that once you get players more relaxed and you're not rushing them, you're going to see the best player available on a game to game basis. I mean, it's just my opinion. And it makes sense for mental purposes and so on. A lot of these guys get the jet lag and so on. I, I've never flown, so I don't know really about, you know, the feeling you get. You know, you have. Well, it's just to the idea of like, it takes a lot out of you to live out of a bag and to constantly be traveling, to not really have, like just having two days. Even when you travel, it usually takes the first day if you fly somewhere or get somewhere to kind of adjust your bearings and everything else. Um, So yeah, I think it's a better idea. I kind of like it the way it was kind of baseball style last year with like the little clumps, but that all have to be hashed out. Um. You know, you if you play your team. So I don't know if that means the schedule will lean heavily more towards a little more divisional play still, but with the original divisions, like who knows? Because the schedule's really not worked out. Uh, right. Nothing's actually signed into like law. This was just which what is, happened at the meeting. Which is weird that the uh, uh, Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League has already got their schedule out for the upcoming year and the NHL cannot get their shit together. Yeah. Uh, I don't, don't get even, it. They don't even have an official start date, but it's usually around like the fifth or fourth or sixth right. night that week. So, well, actually, I mean, we talked about this last week, or maybe I was having a conversation with you um, on the uh, DM. But uh, the American Hockey League starts the October fifteenth, right? We did. We did. Yeah, we talked yeah, about. So, on here. we know their start date. So the eight. So the NHL is going to be close to that too. Yeah. So it's usually like the sixth, eighth, whatever. Right. But that's still to be hashed out. More meetings to come. More meetings to come where Batman can go, I don't know. I know your players want to play in the Olympics in Beijing, but we're not going <laughs> to let you. Oh, God. It's so infuriating. Just want to let them. Also, like, Team USA is going to be so sick. Please. Yeah. Please let them play. Okay. Well, as we wrap this up, we only have a couple more things. Uh, to do here, but Mark and I both love this guy, and he retired the other day, and we wanted to say happy retirement, Pecorini, because we love you. You're our second favorite goaltender. When I used to do the fantasy hockey on Yahoo, you are my best backup goaltender that I had, and people were like, oh, why would you pick him? Because if Marty Brodeur's hurt, he's got it. Uh, things like that, but uh, Pekka, great career. Uh, yes. Definitely solid, solid predator, predator for life. And uh, he carried that team at times and was all in and was a great like member of that organization. And uh, happy for him and whatever adventures go next. I think underrated goaltender of his generation. One of the most underrated goaltenders. Yeah. And, uh, you know, towards the end of his career, which was obviously this year, mm-hmm. um, what a way to hand the baton off to a goaltender like your Soros. Uh, and and that and their development core that's going on in Nashville right now. So, um, in my opinion, this guy's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. I know he didn't get the big one, Stanley Cup yeah. ring or anything like that, but I, I think within ten years, this guy could definitely be a um, be a Hall of Famer. I mean, yeah, Jesus Christ! Hard. It took fucking Rogie Vachon, a freaking Hall of Famer. I. I it took Rogie Vachon 30 years to get in the Hall of Fame, and he had three Stanley Cups. Well, I was going to say, that's the thing that makes me nervous about him, is that goaltenders 
it's harder to be elected as a goaltender. Like you have to be a kind of no brain, like you're not going to not put Patrick Awara in the hall of fame or Marty, you know, but for the right. people like Eaton, this is an argument people have even with Tuka Rask, right? Even with a great international career, great professional career. And you and I both know Tuka Rask got his name on the Stanley cup, whether, you know, it's not his fault. He didn't have to actually play that year. Uh, you know, Timmy was on fire, but that's going to be the argument, right? They never win the Stanley Cup, and they do that. But I do feel like it's harder for goaltenders, especially without a Stanley Cup, to push him, which seems right. so silly because if you look at it objectively, this is a guy that definitely is a generational goaltender. You know, he's in that weird generation that played then and now, you know. And yep. just being the heart of your community and what you've done for the team, you could argue he helped build up the programs and stuff, right? And like, Nashville has had some starts and stops. They are crazy fit. They are all in. Smashville loves their hockey team. Oh, what a great fan base. You talk to to the Short Shift podcast, freaking uh, host Thomas Nystrom, who's Mm -hmm. from the area. Yeah. I I, I think he originally grew up here in the Connecticut area and then moved down to Nashville for quite some time and then recently came back. He said that that is an absolutely insane fan base. And it was instant. As soon as they mm-hmm. got there, yeah. man, it was like, bam, it was, it was, it was good to go. Well, I actually thought the funny thing is I thought, shouldn't we maybe instead of, of like, it's weird how in Atlanta and Nashville and Atlanta aren't terribly far apart. I mean, it's like saying, you know, Philly versus Boston. It's not, I mean, yeah. they're probably even closer than that. I just mean for yeah. like, as teams go, but Nashville was all in from the start, dude. You know what I mean? And this guy has been for a ride and gone for the ride and done his job since the minute he was drafted. And, yep. you know, that city loves him and it's going to be really weird. One uh, of the best finished goals of all time. Yeah. And I think one of the ballsiest things was when the Predators put up that like banner, like they didn't win the cup, but they still put up like some kind of crazy banner that was like a bitch slap to Vegas or something when they went on that thing. But I just thought that was funny because they are a team, you know, it's kind of like, I was so pissed that St. Louis won the cup, but at the same time, like those people who have been waiting and waiting and waiting since the sixties to see them win the cup, I was also happy for them though. You know what I mean? And that's what it's going to be like when the predators finally win this Stanley cup, like goddamn, once again, proving depending on where you are, hockey can be big in the South, you know, I just always thought it was weird. Like it got so big in Nashville, but not that far away, Atlanta, they couldn't handle it, but also Atlanta has more sports and stuff like that. So in there, but that's it, Pekka. We love you. We're moving on now. Yes, congratulations, on man. All right, here are dates to keep an eye on. Uh, we obviously have the draft. Uh, also, today is the day for it th- that begins that Seattle has a couple days to exclusively negotiate. That's what they said with these UFAs. But the draft is Wednesday, eight o'clock. Like I said, I think it's ESPN2 and probably several other things. I don't know in Canada what channel it's on. I don't live in Canada. I'm sorry. Um, just look it up. If you just RDS, look it up, it'll be there. Sportsnet. Yeah, it's hard to tell uh, on that. And then we also have Friday is the first round of the entry draft. And on Saturday is rounds two through seven, which is not as exciting as, say, Friday's first 31 picks or whatever it will be, but uh, 32 picks, I'm sorry. I was thinking of the Seattle entry draft where Vegas is exempt, but all 32 teams will be in this and we'll see what happens. It'll make it more interesting. Then of course we want to keep, 
I can't wait for 31 thoughts to change to 32 thoughts. Oh, yeah. I didn't even, I forgot. One of my favorite fucking hockey podcasts. Uh, we, I know it's such a great thing. Um, I love Jeff Merrick too. Like, I mean, he's, Elliot Freeman said thing, but like, I love Jeff Merrick. I love him on hockey. Nah, just, I love, yeah, he's just a good dude. Like, what Jeff freaking talks about sometimes and the way he communicates, uh, is just, it's admirable. It really is. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, it's so weird. Like he's so it, chill. Sometimes, I, I mean, you, sometimes, see, you look at him and you see, you see a freaking, you see a, um, a man with it dressed up in a great suit. But yeah. when you see him in a tank top, you're not thinking of that same person. Yeah. No freaking way. He's, he's just like us. He's <laughs> it's almost like, you know, when you talk to a doctor that can explain to you in like normal people term and just be like telling you what's going exactly. on. You feel like even though he's got like an insider brain. But then that same doctor can way. meet you at the bar and just has a great time with you and be like, hey, yeah. what's up, man? You know, doesn't exactly. even talk about what's going on. <laughs> Um, free agency starts on the 28th. So we will talk again before free agency. Yes, but we will not talk again before the draft. So that'll be next that, uh, also August 2nd through the 6th is Bruins development camp again. And we know that the AHL is opening on the 15th, hopefully in the next week or two. I mean, you would think in the next week or two, they probably will have to have the list out, right? The schedule all set and ready to go. Uh, so we will keep you abreast of that. I just wanted to say breast because I she know said Mark breast. Breast. I know. I, <laughs> I love the fucking Beavis and butthead. <laughs> so funny. So that being said, before we get to Patreon, I just want to remind everybody, follow me, follow him, follow all the black and gold writers and all the awesome podcasts associated with the black and gold hockey podcast network. It's awesome. We will all be here all summer long to keep you updated. AHL, NHL. Now we have the main affiliate uh, specifically to us. Uh, instead of going, oh, they're in Jacksonville, they're wherever, whoever might take us, our wayward sons. Um, yeah. So make sure you follow black and gold hockey.com that's where you can find all the stuff too. follow everybody on social if you will um i would like to say thank you to everyone who has followed the 95 people who have followed uh 495 people who have followed me to date i'm my one year of being on twitter that's uh, right. thank you i can't Happy believe anniversary i can't believe that's many of you actually probably don't care what i'm saying but at least follow me because you think it'll be entertaining to what i'm gonna say and uh, i appreciate you guys so there you go uh, blackandgoldhockey.com and go. So now we're getting into Patreon. Woo! Jersey yes. giveaway today. Yes. If you want to be a part of the Patreon crew, the awesome listeners that financially support us, all you got to do is donate $1 to the information below. And what we do is take half of your investment, which is $1. We probably record four episodes a month, possibly six to eight, whatever. We haven't gone that far yet, but generally it's $4 a month. So it's a really small investment. But what we do is we that helps pay the bills here. But it also half of that turns into uh, prizes uh, to say thanks to everybody who out there who who does contribute. And we buy hand signed jerseys from current Bruins players and um, and alumni members. And we have photos, pucks. We have T-shirts from fanatics. I buy a ton of stuff all around to give away every week. But the jersey giveaway is only once a month. And and you're automatically ineligible for that. So you're eligible for the weekly giveaways and the monthly giveaways just for $1 per episode. Please go to the information below and check it out for the YouTube members. Please go to black and gold. 
I'm sorry. Please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and donate one dollar there for the audio listeners. But uh let's do the um let's do the Bruins related item first to save the big prize for later. But the uh this week's winner for the Bruins related prize, which I'll send out as soon as possible, is Mary Lynn Smith. Congratulations, Mary Lynn Smith. That's awesome. She's a diehard Bruins fan, and I think she's a writer awesome. over at overtime sports i'm not sure um but the big prize right now is is this number nine hand signed johnny busick fully authenticated jersey um i'm not it does have the hall of fame inscription right there uh 1981 i believe and uh very very nice item Hands uh, all stitched and everything. It's gorgeous. But this is going to our friend, Michelle Grimm. Congratulations, Yay. Michelle. That's awesome. Um, so Walk she on, got, Yeah, she's got an awesome jersey. And she's a diehard Boston Bruins fan. And, and she's a, um, an awesome, awesome contributor financially, as everybody else is on the yeah. list of contributors that we uh, Heather's going to uh, mention off as we say thank you. As you know, the, the off season continues and so on. We still continue every, uh, still um, appreciate everything that's going on from my financial supporters. And so, yeah. So we want to give a shout out to our Patreon supporters uh, for the sake of I don't have permission from any of you to say your last names. It will be first name, maybe last initial as possible. But here we go. Thank you to the following people who help us every month and every week and all the just like. That's not to say we don't love our listeners, but thank you, Patreon members, for just going kind of that little and above to help us be able to present this to you every week. So thank you, Hollis, Chirpy, Trent, Casey, Michelle, Sharon, Nick, Wayne, Kara K, or Kara, I'm not sure, but I think Kara, Mark, B, Eric, Chad, Joel, Megan, Brett, Ashley, Lauren, Catherine, Mary Lynn, John, Marlene, Jonathan, Steve, John B., Mary Elizabeth, Mark M., Levi, Blue Line Hockey Club, David, Shannon, Cody, Bob, Logan, Rob, Stephen, James, Brian, Maria, Kara, I think, or it could be Kara. <laughs> M. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I just, I never know. I feel, I hate getting people's names wrong, and I should have reached out to them first and asked. Uh, Loretta. Tim, Stevie, Christine, Thor, Bruce, and Denise. Thank you. Once I started reading it, I apologize. It was harder to go that fast than I thought, but I was already, my brain was going there. But you guys listen to us and support us, so you already yes. know my brain's like Scooby-Doo. It can get going faster than it is. Thank you guys so much. Yes, absolute class acts for what you guys do. And we continue to look for more Patreons to help us uh, continue the the involvement of buying more stuff on a on a uh, on a monthly basis so what we're doing is we're buying uh great prizes for you to be eligible to win way in advance we have jerseys up to uh february or march of uh 2022 so we want to get that more involved and, and just so everybody has a chance to win and blah 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 it's awesome i love you guys and um hopefully you continue to uh, to um keep contributing and and possibly recommend uh, to others, um, you know, this great opportunity to uh, be sent some uh, Bruins related material. So saying if you sign up, Mark will let me know and I will read your name on the air. Exactly. Not that I feel you guys are vain and that's what you're worrying all, about, but give a all, shout out. That's 
all new signups will get shout outs from now on just something that we just um we're not forgetting which is there's a lot of shit going on so so and just uh, like if you rate and review the podcast we'll give you a yes. shout out if you yes uh, review it i'm sorry i can't tell if you rated it but if you leave a review we will be more than glad good bad or ugly to read that out loud yep. as well exactly so please so. do that rate and review five stars preferably but that could be my own ego talking so, no, do five stars and say something bad about us. I don't care. Yeah, that's fine. You can be like five stars. <laughs> Man, Heather never shuts the beep off. You know, you, you know what's gonna suck is when out when uh, Apple actually picks up on the algorithm of somebody saying something bad about the podcast. <laughs> Has there been an algorithm yet? I don't. Think I, so. Who knows? Who knows? They good. have one in the five stars now. So yeah, that's good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't say bad things about us. But if no, you do no. want to say bad things about us, just be honest about it. And don't be just being a jerk trolling people. Like if yeah. you honestly have a complaint or concern, let us know. We would like to improve. But uh, oh, please send it to black and gold productions, LLC at gmail.com. I'd love to hear it. Feedback's saying, always welcome. Petriosaur or whatever you are. You've already told us three times how, you know, guys, I don't, I don't need you to fall to tell us again. No, I'm just kidding. But that being said, right in review. You're awesome. I'm awesome. People, it has been a Sunday. I guarantee yes, you this will sound magical by the time Mark works his magic <laughs> on it. But at this far into the recording. Yes, I love the power of editing, my friend. We keep trucking. <laughs> that right. ugly. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening, sharing, supporting. You guys are all amazing. I love you all. Please stay safe. And I'm not going to even talk about Barb Barker and neutering and spading any animals this week. That was pretty bad last week. But anyway, I love you all. Take care and uh, be safe. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.